Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas. I'm a fifth-degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, a certified high-performance coach, and the founder of the BJJ Mental Coach Movement. Let me tell you this. Over my 20-plus years of coaching, I've had the privilege of coaching many successful competitors, including at the highest levels in BJJ and MMA. And one thing I can assure you is the mindset is everything because you may have amazing skills, great conditioning, awesome strategies, but if you're not mentally prepared to transfer all your hard work from the academy to the competition, you will not be able to perform to the best of your abilities and be your true self on a mat. The idea behind the BJJ Mental Coach Movement was to create a program designed to help you to discover what negative patterns that might be holding you back from being your authentic self on a mat and how to deal with the issue. And the cool thing is that consequently, it will reflect off the mat as well in your personal and professional life. In this podcast, we go there, we go beyond the mat. This podcast is dedicated to a selective group of entrepreneurs, small business owners, and or aspiring entrepreneurs who train jiu-jitsu and want to take their mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat. Every Monday, our guests who also happen to train jiu-jitsu will share with you their failures, their successes, the mindset and habits of successful high performers, plus provide valuable content on entrepreneurship, personal development, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey. And our mission is to inspire you, a jiu-jitsu practitioner, an entrepreneur, or aspiring entrepreneur to take your mindset to an even higher level to consistently accept and embrace new challenges in your life and to consistently pursue your journey of becoming the best version of yourself. So if you are committed to growing, evolving, not only as a business person, as a BJJ practitioner, but also as a human being, the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is for you. The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Live Jiu-Jitsu. Live Jiu-Jitsu supports social projects in Brazil and the United States who offer free Jiu-Jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, helping them to keep them away from drugs and crime and to inspire them to pursue their goals and dreams. Your donation helps projects to buy new mats, geese, and tournament registrations. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coach donate all the profit of t-shirts and patches sales to Live Jiu-Jitsu. For more information, please visit www.liveju-jitsu.org. www.liveju-jitsu.org. Now let me introduce you to today's guest, Vince Querigua, as known as Bear in the Jiu-Jitsu community. Vince is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He's the founder and CEO as well as the creative director of one of the largest Jiu-Jitsu brands in the world, the famous Shoyu Roll. Vince moved to L.A. from Guam in 1999 and started training at the Gracie Academy in December of the same year. 
in 2000, the Showy Roll brand was started as a way for Vince and his friends to have a, their unique t-shirts and geese, and it has grown into one of the largest and most influential brands in the jiu-jitsu market. So Vince, I'm honored to have you in my podcast, my first guest. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to be here to be one of your first guests. It's an honor. You're, you're the man, Gustavo. So. Awesome, dude. Let me just uh, talk a little bit about how jiu-jitsu got into your life. You know, I mentioned that you started around 99, training jiu-jitsu. So how did it come about you know, for you to start training and having that in your life? Uh, for me, it just, it kind of, be, I was a high school kid and it was kind of becoming very popular on the island of Guam where I'm from. And, um, some people just kind of showed us some moves and stuff on in the, in the backyard or in the, mm -hmm. in the garage. And then after that, we just kind of played with it a little bit. Then I moved to California for school, um, right after that in 99. And then, you know, I just kind of used to watch the old Hoist Gracie tapes forever. Yep. And then, um, once I got back to once I got here to California, I just started to try and look for as many places as I could to go and try and learn and um, kind of explore um, what was out there and kind of learn the art, you know. And then after that, it just kind of like, it kind of sunk in and uh, started at the Gracie Academy briefly, you know, just because I didn't have too much money and took a few classes. And then after that, kind of just hopped around and um, tried to find some spots to train at that I could and stuff that I could afford and, you know, just kind of kept it in my life in some shape or form from that point till now. But I just completely geeked out on it, was doing all the research I could online, studying the Gracie family tree, looking up every link of so-and-so, looking up uh, who's the lineages of this guy and that guy. So I was, yeah, I was completely immersed into it, like 3,000%, you know, so. Awesome. And when did you get your black belt? Man, I'm so bad with it. I want to say maybe like at least like four years ago, three mm -hmm. years ago. Uh, I lose track, but it's somewhere within that range, probably within like three to four years ago, maybe. Shit, I could be wrong. Could be even two years, but I think for sure three to four years, somewhere around then. And through this journey, what do you think that how BJJ relate to life? You know, the lessons uh, that you've been learning throughout the journey, you know, what, in, in what way do you feel that it relates to life? I would, I would say pro probably um, you go through a lot of, in life there's a lot of ups and downs mm -hmm. and you have uh, a lot of struggles normally and, um, and mentally specifically as well. And I think jujitsu, you're in a lot of bad spots consistently and you're kind of being put in bad positions and you're kind of being in you're you're in a you're in a position you're in uncomfortable situations all the time mm -hmm. and you always have big ups and you always have big downs so um i think that's very very familiar to me as far as like how life works you know you have a really good peak in your life where it's a really great time but then just right around the corner there's going to be some hard times or some down times and that's just life you know I think in jujitsu, it's very similar. You have some times where you're feeling really good and you're doing really well. And then, you know, right around the corner, you're going to have some big, some big things that are going to hit you as well that you're going to be in some really, really bad spots or uncomfortable. So um, I think those two things are, those two things mirror each other identical, you know, similarities. Absolutely. And when did you have that spark 
to create Shory Roll. Maybe you have your aha moment to like start having the vision be like, man, I think this is something I want to do, you know, and not only when, but like, how was your mindset back then? As soon as you had the idea, because a lot of listeners, a lot of people, there's some people who are currently in their entrepreneurial journey. There's some people who are in transition. They in that still have the idea, but they haven't, you know, actually initiated any action. But how was like, when was, you know, that, that came about and how was your mindset back then? Cause sometimes some people get overwhelmed. They have a vision and they like, they get overwhelmed with the possibilities and all the fears and they don't do anything about it. And you actually did. So how was the process from the moment that you had the vision? Um, I think I started probably like a majority of other people that have started a business, you know, that didn't go to too much schooling for it. They just kind of had an idea they might have seen something and they thought like, okay, I'm kind of creative or, or um, I kind of have a entrepreneurial spirit. I want to try this because I saw this concept and it might work, you know. Um, for, for me, it wasn't anything business driven at all. It was just as a kid growing up in, growing up in a small place, I wanted to kind of create some t-shirts and some things that were very, that, that were specific for me and my crew per se. Mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of have our own things to wear. Uh, so we're not wearing the same things that other people are wearing. Um, and then that was kind of the whole idea of it. Really. I, I was surf. I grew up skating and when, when skateboarding was really popular and vert skateboarding was really popular. And then I kind of transitioned into bodyboarding and surfing for a big part of my life in high school. And then after that, I found jujitsu. So, uh, for us, it was just, trying to take those influences as far as like creativity into, you know, us making t-shirts and stickers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of got hooked with jujitsu in like 2000. And then, um, that was really it. It was more just kind of like trying to be trying to create some cool t-shirts that maybe me and my friends could like wear. And uh, I think with time, um, uh, with time, you know, maybe after about five or six years, it, it wasn't really doing too well. Evolve, right. Yeah, but it, I think the like it, it came to a point where like uh, you only have so many friends, you know, you only, your network is only so big. Um, and and I think for us, it wasn't like we had this huge creative outlet. We just were pumping out all these shirts. It was it was really a hobby. You know, I would make a mm-hmm. few shirts. Some people would buy them. Some people wouldn't. But, you know, if I had 30 friends I could sell them to, then that was cool. But like maybe the next time the 30 friends didn't want to buy them. And it was only like 10 t-shirt sales, you know, and I had to give away like 30, you know? So, um, so it got to a point where I was, I had to make a decision. I was like, am I still going to be doing this? You know, uh, I was going to school working. And then, uh, this was just kind of one of those side things I was trying to keep alive for mm-hmm. every year. And then it kind of came to a point where it's like, man, am I even really making money? Like, cause I really wasn't right. Like it, the first, five or six years it was more just kind of fun and cool to see mm-hmm. um, but then it came to a point where it was like um it it just wasn't it wasn't making really financial sense and uh i thought about stopping it a bunch of times and i think by luck and you know maybe just through letting it kind of sit for a little bit and then kind of just pushing it letting things happen naturally um we were able to make a turn you know, and like after about six years of just kind of doing it. And, um, I think we just started to evolve the kimono at that time, like 2006 from what was already in the industry. And then it mm-hmm. kind of trans kind of, kind of transformed the hobby 
and the company and kind of gave us a focus, you know? Um, so, so that's at least what we've experienced. And for us, like, um, there's a, there, as a startup company, as a person with a, with kind of an idea of what you want to do, mm-hmm. like, uh, the idea is one thing, but then once you're actually in the market or you're actually doing it and you're kind of seeing what the demand is for your product, um, or if there's really, if, if, if it's really viable to chase that specific idea and, uh, an opportunity, um, that's a whole nother, that's a whole yeah. nother thing. And I think, um, there's a, but, and also in the market, cause the market's only so big, mm-hmm. whatever niche you're in, you know, so maybe in a big mass market where, you know, you have a hundred million people that niche or that specific need could live and survive, you know? But if you're taking a small niche and we'll use jujitsu, for example, um, you know, the numbers are a lot smaller. So uh, your, your base small niche concept, you know, all your efforts may go, may fall a little short just because of the total amount of people you're hitting with, with this specific thing. You know, so. And I like when you mention about, you know, you start having some questions, you know, man, should I go through with this? And it's good for listeners out there to feel that you're not alone. You know what I mean? As an entrepreneur, those thoughts may rush in and some people don't know how to, to deal with it. So that's why I wanted to expand a little bit on that, on, on how you're able to, to deal with that internal battle that, man, you know, I've been doing this for a few years. It's not happening. You made the decision to continue. And there's, one of, there's a phrase that I love from Tony Robbins say that it's in your moments of decisions that your destiny is shaped. And that decision it really shaped your destiny of like, you know what, I'm going through with this and how, if there anything that maybe helped you, I don't know if it was your vision, your heart, what helped you to push through some of the negative thoughts again, that any human being is going to have, especially through some of the rough times. What do you feel that you can share with the listeners that can help in their entrepreneurial journey? I think I, I think the I think the moment will come once you have a specific thing, a product or a service that people need, and there's a true demand for it. You know, because if you don't have a true product or service that people really need at that specific time, you know, you might be too ahead, you might be too far behind. True. And um and and I think that's the hardest part of being an entrepreneur or trying to trying to produce something or sell a concept is you believe in it so much, you know, that you think it's going to work, you know? And I think that's, that's, that's the beauty of it, but that's also the, the, the demon of it as well is yeah. you could be trying to push a rock uphill for five years when the reality was you shouldn't have been trying to push that rock up that hill that long, you know, you got to know when to cut it, you know? And I think that's probably, that's probably the best advice that, mm-hmm. um, that I can really like, give someone on, on that specific thing. It's, I I think there's a, there's a beauty to, to kind of grinding and pushing as far as you can and never giving up, you know, that's, that's, that's one, one big part of the inspirational part of chasing a dream, you know, but I also think there's also a, there's also some value in saying, well, Hey, I've done my research. I've tried this, 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 and this, Mm -hmm. I've, I've almost explored every single option I've tried to do. And it's still not working. And I've done that for, you know, three years, four years, whatever that time frame is. Um, and I think there, there's a beauty to saying, okay, well, if this doesn't work out in a year, 
I'm going to cut it. You know, I'm going to move on and I'm going to try something else. And I think, um, I think that that's one of those things where, uh, I think at least with our company, we could have easily said, cut it. Yeah. You know, we may, we might've had to move on to the next thing, whatever that was, um, by chance, by luck, by timing, and by, I think some intuition and hard work, we were able to kind of like take it to the next level. But I think also we found a specific niche and need in that particular time in the market that some people wanted and needed, you know, mm-hmm. um, but if we were 10 years later, we might've not been as successful. You that know? is true. Um, so for, for me, I think for, 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 for people that are kind of trying to get into business or something specific, um, I always go back to business is probably one of the hardest things you can do. You know, branding is probably one of the hardest things you can do. And I think, um, at the end of the day, the person has to be completely passionate about doing what they're yes. doing in hard times and good times. So if there's no money, if you're losing money, um, if you're losing sleep, if you're losing time with your family and you don't mind doing these things, um, then it's, I think it's not a bad gamble, you know, mm-hmm. but if, if you don't want to sacrifice any one of those other things for this one thing over a long period of time, I think it's unrealistic to, to have someone chase something, um, especially from a, as a small, as a small startup entrepreneur with no capital, you know, yes. very little capital. So um, I'm not sure if that kind of hit that, but that's what, that's kind of what I think. So based on your entrepreneurial experience, let's say, I would love you to share some type of concept, anything that you feel that can help the listeners in their journey. Things that, again, could be someone that it's through the transition or maybe going, they're ready into their entrepreneurial journey, but something that you feel that is essential to have a successful brand, to have a successful business. What do you feel that you'd like to share with us? Uh, I, th- I think the, the number one thing is, is being passionate you know, being passionate about like what you're trying to achieve um, with whatever it is you're doing, you know, like you have to, you have to believe in it when people think you're crazy. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you have to be able to, when people are calling you the, the, the yellow duck, when all the other ducks are white, you know, you got to be okay with it and you got to be able to stay, stay in your lane and push as far as you can. Uh, when, uh, when you're getting a bunch of criticism, you know, and I think that's one big part of it. You have to be an individual and you have to be okay with going with what you believe in and pushing forward, even when you're getting a bunch of um, negativity or, or information that may not feel that good. Yeah. You know? And um, I think it's cool. We're talking about this passion. One of the things that I, that I love about Shuri Roll is the, the message of the rebel against the mainstream. You know, I, I really love that, that message, I guess, as I went in the beginning of my journey to in Brazil when I decided I'm going to make, want to make a living in jiu-jitsu. And yes, I heard so much be like, you're out of your mind. You're not going to make any money, all that kind of stuff. And the, the answer was, man, I'm not doing this for the money. I just want to do it. And the passion was there the same way. And to push through the, 
tough times, like you said, if you're not passionate about it, and as you mentioned earlier, if you don't believe in what you're doing, you're going to crack and it's not going to work. So this is a valuable information for people who are right now maybe in transition or if you're already ahead in your entrepreneurial journey, you know, like, yep, you know exactly that if you're not passionate and the results are not coming at one point, you're going to be like, you know what, I'm done with this, you know, so passionate, absolutely have, be passionate about your project. That's a, that's huge. What else? I, I, I think, the, I, I think the other one is just consistently trying to sharpen your mind and get information. You know, I think, um, I think it's very easy to kind of just like try and copy or do what other industries or people are doing, you know, but -hmm. I think it's very, very hard for people to kind of always sharpen their mind and get information, get more, get more information from different cultural, different cultural references, you know, different books, different things outside whatever industry they're in, just to kind of become a little smarter and not even so much smarter, but just to be, um, expand your mind, expanding your mind in different things, you know? And I think the more you open your mind, I think the more that you'll be well-versed and you'll have a better understanding of specific things. I don't know. I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I probably know almost nothing, you know, but I think, um, the, how you're able to look at, look at something and not be able to judge it right away, I think makes you, 10 times more valuable than the person that just looks at something and is like, is that black or white or, you know, or what is it? And the person like, Oh, that's black or that's white. You know, they're like, well, you know, like it's black and white, but is there something else to it? You know? Um, so like the, the normal person would say it's black or white, but there's a bunch of other in-between factors you can kind of look at that specific piece and kind mm-hmm. of give, give us a different perspective when, um, when the reality is most people think it's black or white, you know, and there's a bunch of other variables in there. So, and I feel that, uh, probably a third one that we have talked about this in the past that you were about to share too, is the reason why you're doing what you're doing, you know, it comes with a passion, but like we see, in an industry, different industry of jujitsu, but sometimes people do it for the wrong reasons. And I would love you to expand on this because, again, you've been doing this for so long, and there's no way that if you're not passionate, if you don't believe in what you're doing, if you're not doing it for the wrong reason, you'd not be around this long. There's, you know, there's no way. And I'd love you to expand on that. Yeah, and I think like we, we were talking a little bit about it earlier, and just saying if you're not in, in it for the right reasons, you know, then, um, it might just be a little short stint, you know, maybe you might make a little money for a short period of time and maybe you're fine with that, you know, and that's, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think if, um, if you're in it for the long haul, then I think, um, you really got to be in it for the right reasons, you know, and it's, it, it needs to be able to help in my opinion, like, whenever it comes to jujitsu, um, it's an industry, right? Um, there's an industry of commerce and goods and services, whether it's running your own gym, selling a t-shirt, selling a kimono, selling whatever goods and services you're trying to sell in it. Um, I think, I think too, I think what happens too much is, um, companies sometimes see that there's a need for a specific product. 
mm-hmm. they come into the industry and, you know, they just come in and sell that specific product, make whatever money they can make. And then after they're like, Oh, she's, we're not selling as much product time to get out, you know? And mm-hmm. you see, you've seen this over the last five, six years when you see bigger companies um, like Adidas and other companies come into the industry because they think there's a, you know, they think that they can just come in and completely um, take over the industry and the market with money and budgets and everything else. But their core values are in their, the truth of who they are as a company is not a hundred percent vested into the industry to mm-hmm. change the industry, to kind of help regrow the industry organically. Um, so I think for, for me, it's, it's really just like, it's, it's if for when we make product and we make stuff, that's, that's a byproduct of what we're trying to do within the industry. You know, with mm-hmm. us, we, we want to help rebuild the culture of what jujitsu was, what it is and what it's going to be, you know? And I don't think, I honestly don't think um, too many companies think that way. You know, people are just like, Hey, I'll make a t-shirt because it's a good design. People are going to buy it. You know, Oh, I, I can make this ghee. I can make this soap. I can make this thing. Cause people probably want it. I'll put a little like jujitsu on it and it's going to sell, mm-hmm. you know, like that's, that's, the sales part of doing business i get it like but for me it's it's bigger than that you know like the initiative is to grow jujitsu visually and how it's perceived over the next 10 to 20 years and transform people's minds outside jujitsu not the people that are doing jujitsu because they already they already love it you know Mm -hmm. or that's the reason why they're doing it for me it's to get help change the vision and perception of how jujitsu is perceived outside through things that we do within the industry and within the culture to help jujitsu grow as a whole, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I think the more that companies can try and help jujitsu grow as a whole, you know, and invest more into the cultural aspect of the, of the, um, what makes the art and the sport So, so amazing. I think everybody wins, you know, brands that do business and companies that do business in jujitsu gyms, um, but I think, I think everybody just comes into jujitsu to do business, you know, and I think that's a big part of it. But I think the, the biggest part that a lot of people are missing is um, how are you going to donate to the pot? You know, how are you going to dump into the cultural pot to kind of help this whole thing grow mm-hmm. as opposed to just, Hey, let's go sell some things and, and, um, and like walk away, you know, if it doesn't work out, we made our money and we're out, you know? So that's, that's, that's at least me. So I got you. Now, I'd love you to share a little bit of um, like some type of struggle in your entrepreneurial journey. You have some, of course, some, some difficulties along the way. And I'd love to, if you could share a little bit and kind of what you learned from this. And I, I really want to emphasize, and especially for the listeners who are in a journey, are in the middle of like, maybe right now it's shaky and things are not moving. And I'm, I already mentioned, I'm going to mention again, you're not alone. This is not a normal thing. You go through the struggle. And when you look back, what do you see like one of the, your toughest moments in your entrepreneurial journey? And what did you learn from it? I think probably our, our biggest, uh, our biggest struggle was not being open to information fast enough and not mm. gathering, not, not being more educated on specific things and getting as much information as we could. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
and exploring that more, you know, I think, um, and also I think um, just trying to build things faster. You know, you try and build things as fast as you can, um, as fast as you can with whatever resources you have. Mm -hmm. But I think the more information you get, the smarter you can get with specific decisions, you know, and I think that's probably, um, that's probably everybody's, that's probably everybody's issue, right? They wish they had more information. They wish they had this, they wish they had that earlier. But I mean, as far as like, as far as like the hard times and big ones, um, for me, there, there's nothing that really like, uh, there's nothing really that, that stands out because I mean, in all honesty, for me, business, you have to be fine with like 80%, 90% pain and 10% reward, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, the, like if you're, if you're doing it right, um, I think most people are feeling like 80% of not hard pain, but there's, there's, there's a certain stress to it, you know? And yeah. if you're not, if you're not fine with it, then, um, then I don't know, I guess struggle is very normal for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So. I remember, I'm trying to remember the year. It might be 2012, maybe. I'm not, you know, hopefully you can, you can help me with this. But I remember seeing you at the Worlds and you mentioned me, man, I'm finally, you know, leaving my regular job and going through the transition of making a living with this. I was like, dude, this is so awesome because this is such a defined moment in any entrepreneurial career that is like when is the time because there's a security here and you know starting tomorrow there's no more security you got the family you got it's a tough dude it's such a tough decision and i'd love you to talk a little bit and expand on this idea because again so many people so i think most people are in that that position that when is the right time you know so it's kind of part of a little bit of struggle in a way you know, but it's like making the pulling really the, the trigger and like, okay, I'm all in, you know? Um, so talk a little bit about the mindset behind that, because of course you're going to have some fears like, okay, here we go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pull the trigger. So how was this transition? Yeah. The funny thing is like, you're talking about struggles and um, like, I couldn't pinpoint one to be honest, right? There's been so many that it's so normal for business, you know, like I'm so used to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But now that you brought it up, thinking back, that was probably my biggest, that was probably the the biggest thing that I was like, oh crap, I should have done this earlier. I should have done that later. And that was really it. You know, I don't know when I stopped my job, but it was maybe 2000, probably around that time between like 2011 to 2012 to where I said, Hey, I'm going to start doing this full time, you know? And I remember there was that big jump where it's like, I had a good job. I was making really good money. Um, and I think I, you know, I, I just had, I, I, I just had my son, not, you know, I had my son, I had a, and I had a family, a mortgage, you know? So I was like, I was like, ah, like luckily enough at that time, Shore was kind of on the, we were kind of like just starting to make some traction. So there was like a little bit of security there, but mm-hmm. then again, no insurance, no this, no that, no benefits. There's just all these things that are going through your head, you know? And I think for, for us, it was like, I think for me, I was juggling it for such a long period of time. I was always juggling working full time, 
you know, running a company, you know, from 8 p.m. at night till two in the morning, you know, like for X amount of years. And I was like, I could do it. And it came to a point where like, I couldn't respond to emails. I couldn't get back to people anymore. Like, like just stuff. I didn't have enough time. You know? And I was like, I think it's that time. If there's ever a time, it's going to be now, you know, I wasn't going to starve. Right. Like mm-hmm. I was going to be okay for like six months because I had some money saved up. Um, and the company would have been okay. Um, for at least like a year, I was assuming, you know? Um, but I think for me, that's, that's the defining moment, right? It's like you're, you're walking away from so much comfort yes. and depending on whatever your lifestyle is or whatever your, um, something's got to give, something's got to give, right? It's either, it was at the point where the company's not going to grow anymore mm-hmm. or, um, or I'm going to have to pick, you know? And, um, I think in anyone in life, I, I've seen, I know, I know pretty much everybody in the industry as far as like who does business um, through acquaintance or I just know of. Um, and I think that's, that's really the big moment. You know, it's either um, people don't need to work. People can still afford to work full time or the company's not there yet to where they want to um, work, uh, work on, leave their job and do it full time. Or then sometimes business is okay and they can afford to leave full time, you know? And I think once uh once, once we made that, once I made that jump, I remember I was like, I was like, you know, it's time, you know? And I think the funny thing is the first thing, the first part was, um, uh, I, my, my, my wife actually first stopped working, mm-hmm. you know, and she was just handling all the emails and all the stuff. And well, cause, and then I was like, okay, then now I was like, now that that part's kind of done, um, maybe I, I could still work, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, like I didn't want to like leave my salary in all this stuff. And after time, I was like, I was like, you know what? I was like, I was like, I got it. I got to try it. And I was like, things are going too fast. So we're either going to completely miss it. Um, or it's just going to kind of maintain and start to drop off. And, um, that's when, you know, maybe I think like, and I started to make, I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to do it and I'll give it a run. And if I have to come back and get a day job in two mm-hmm. or three years, if this doesn't work out, cool you know but uh, we've been doing we've been doing okay for for this time and uh, so we're, we're kind of blessed you know so dude it's very inspiring especially for people who are in their grind and or maybe they're for first or second year and they're like man it's not happening like dude it it took like a decade to like okay now I'm able to do this it's not like one day like okay yeah I'm quitting and I'm starting anytime you know so it's a long time to be committed and believing in and in, in being passionate everything that you mentioned to be successful in business and with that theme of success i'd like you to share with us three words that remind you what made you successful and it's going to help you even in the future to become even more successful that's like your core three things that really help success in general could be succeeding in becoming black belt in jiu-jitsu but success in business in professional you know not only professional but personal life as well what do you say three words that come to your mind uh, passion mm-hmm. uh, persistence mm-hmm. and um and just helping you know mm-hmm. the ability to help I think those, I think those are the three things that are, 
are key. You know, if you can lead, if you can lead by helping first, you know, passion, that's a number, that's a, that's a no brainer. Yeah. You know, persistence, that's, that's kind of no brainer. You need that. But I think the bigger thing is if, if you truly want to help somebody, you know, and um, you truly want to do well for somebody and do good for something, um, mm -hmm. I think you'll be all right. You know, uh, without, 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 a, without return wanted, mm -hmm. you know, just pushing your best foot forward and, and, and just doing it by chance, uh, doing it by doing it automatically without trying to have something come back. So, and I think this is good for the listener, the listeners, you know, if, for you to think about what are your three success words, you know, what have you been really helping you to get a success that you have today and it's going to help you in the future. There's one we're going to talk in our next topic is talking about a high performance habit. And I'm going to uh, ask you about what is one habit that you feel that you have that helped you in jujitsu in your professional life. And, but at the same time, still with the, the success markers, one habit that I learned with uh, my high performance coach, coaching mentor, Brenda Bouchard, is when you talk about this three words, it's get the habit of, you know what, put them down in your alarm. Maybe one time of the day, I don't care when, noon, two o'clock, just write the three words and your three words. And when they pop up, that's one time that you can, it's like a mini meditation sort of for 10 seconds. You think about the three words and am I living congruence with this? You know, am I really doing the words that I believe? Because maybe, you know, someone maybe put persistent. But like in that day, you're like, man, I'm done with this, screw this, da, 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 da. And suddenly that pops up, it would be like, oh, yeah, persistence. Am I being congruent? So whatever your, your words are, this is just an idea. You can write it down, put somewhere if you don't want to write. But this is just something that sometimes you're going to have some rough days. And that's a good reminder for you to pop up. Like, yes, you know, if I want to live in congruence with this, if I really want to become successful or even more successful, this is the you know this is the core that is going to help. So talking about the high performance habit because this is actually a habit, you know, to always be mindful about, you know, what helps you to become successful. What do you think that is one habit that helped you in the journey, like in jujitsu and in business? I th I think it's probably I think it's probably just um, the those two. Probably one of those ones is just being super passionate about and a geek in the actual sport and the art, you know, mm -hmm. that started since day one that hasn't changed till today. You know, it's been 15, I don't know, 18 years. Shit. I'm losing track. It's been 18 years. And that one thing of me getting excited to watch that new kid on the block become the next mega star or kind of geeking out on, um, you know, getting some information about the sport or the art that I never knew about 80 years ago or something and kind of like opening my mind. Like for me, just being a, a connoisseur of mm. that specific thing, in this case, jujitsu, um, I think that's, that's really it. Like you just got to live it and love it, you know, and if you live it and love it, the rest will come. You know, I think the, I think the hardest part about habits is um if it's in you if it's in you it's going to happen automatically you know if it's not in you 
you're going to have to work really hard to get those a part of your DNA. Not that you can't, you know, but it's going to take some time to build those as really good habits. And I think for me, there's a lot of things I'm very weak at Mm -hmm. and I, I haven't put in the time to kind of like explore those things to make them strong, a lot stronger than they should be. But I spend a lot of time in figuring out where I can excel in and really focusing on how I can kind of amplify that, you know, since those are already stronger points. And for me, it's the jujitsu thing, the connoisseur thing that that just goes right hand in hand with passion, you know, and I think for that we've done stuff, you know, 18 years ago on a very small level because we we were just a startup company. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing things 18 years later, being able to do like events and stuff, producing the next future talented kids of the world. And it goes back to the same thing. We're, we're just passionate about seeing who's going to be the next mega stars of our sport and our art and our culture. And I think it goes back to the same habit of just, loving what you do. You know, I think I told people before, I was like, there's no difference. I, you know, I would, the first time I met Hicks and Gracie in 2002 or 2000 at a Copa Pacific or a Joe Marrera tournament, I was like blown away. Or the first time I saw BJ mm-hmm. Penn fight as a Brown belt, like I was like, who's that guy? I was blown away. Like, and then um, today I could see this purple belt kid from Brazil. That's just like phenomenal. And I'm just watching him and I'm just like, I'm blown away. Like, and it's like, and it's fun for me. Like, it's not work, you know, like it's, it's passion and that hasn't changed. If anything, it's amplified, you know, and I think just as long as that passion and that connoisseur, being a connoisseur of what it is, um, stays as the underlying factor. I think everything else will come if you get better at specific things, business, marketing, sales all that stuff that you need for to run a business but i think the core part is like why are you really doing this Mm -hmm. and and do you truly really want to do this over the next 20 years and it's i think someone told me that they're like oh there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities you know hey do you want to start a restaurant hey do you want to start this hey you want to start that but then when you look at the realities of what it is that you're going to be doing day in day out and you kind of see oh like (laughs) i gotta stay in the kitchen all day for 12 hours to run a restaurant and and then i have to be the server if somebody calls out i gotta be there all day and i gotta clean and get ready for the next day like i just wanted people to go eat food and try and make some money (laughs) and sell in some tacos or something like no 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 that's the byproduct of you cleaning and cooking all day and staying there all day and they say, oh, man, I don't, why would I want to do that? I just want to see someone go buy some tacos, you know, in, my, <laughs> in the restaurant I, I, I own, you know. So I think that's like one of those perspective things where it's like there's a fine line between opportunity and, and any business or any kind of niche. But I think like if somebody's like, I want to start a business, a restaurant business, because like I love being in the kitchen for 12 hours and I don't mind talking to customers and I love to greet people and I want to get better and learning on this, this and that. Mm-hmm. And I want to do that for the rest of my life. Like by all, and I don't want to get better, you know, and I want to keep on evolving who I am. That that's, that's, that's the guy right there. You know, not, not, not the guy that's like, oh, I think I can make some money in this. They don't 
have good tacos in this area. You mm-hmm. know, like I want to start. There's nothing wrong with that guy either. <laughs> yeah. but I'm just saying like as a startup business entrepreneur, you don't want to be doing stuff that you don't really care about when, when times are bad, when times are good, you'll do anything. The road is going to be a lot bumpier. You know what I mean? <laughs> for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> now we're getting close to the end. There's the drilling round that I like to call just a few questions, quick answers that can come in your mind. And the first one, one is what's the best advice that you ever received? If you remember something that stands out that someone mentioned to you, maybe family, professional, any kind of advice that you feel that it's worth sharing. I I think the the best advice I ever heard was probably, um, was probably like, you're going to get old one day, you know? Mm -hmm. So try and like all the stuff that you're doing right now, you know, um, it, it may be very important or it may not be very important, but slow it down because in 10 years or 30 years, none of this might not even matter, you know? So kind of take in the moment and, um, and try and slow it down. You know, I think as an entrepreneur or at anybody that's doing business, you're so good at going fast, you know, and you're so good at going hard and just trying to push and pursue. I think the, the biggest problem for me is like you lose track around you, you know, And uh, you're not really able to like stabilize what's in front of you, you know, whether it be family. For me, it was family um, and everything else. And um, I think it takes some time to kind of get better at it. But I think for me, um, slowing down was the hardest thing in the world because Mm -hmm. there's a sacrifice to slowing Mm -hmm. down. That means I couldn't do, I couldn't, I couldn't go hard on business as hard as I wanted to. Um, But for me, that was, huge advice um and the, the person i got that advice to um it, it, it was the same thing with him it was family it was his kids were all grown up and uh he he was already he was an entrepreneurial businessman that was successful but his kids were 20 years old and he wanted to spend some time with his kids mm-hmm. his kids are old already they're they were kind of done with being hanging out with dad and mom and he was never kind of really around and um and then maybe after he told me that advice like six months after he died by that cancer. Wow. It's kind of like, it kind of opened up my eyes a little bit. Like, well, I got to kind of like, I got to look at this stuff. This is maybe like eight, 10 years ago or something. I saw, I was like, I got to really keep that in the back of my mind. You know? Yeah, man, I, I relate 100% to, to this and this transition of slowing down to, as you get older, you start to understand more. And even, you know, some of the, the listeners might be in the middle of the grind right now. Maybe won't click, maybe in years it'd be like, I remember when Vince mentioned about that, you know what I mean? Because it's that's part of their journey, you know, and there's, don't get me wrong, there's the grind time that is the grind time. For sure. You know? But uh, it's uh, it's definitely a, a tough transition that accept to slow down when it's something that I've been able to, I've been working on the past few years too. So it's a great advice. And what advice would you give to your younger self when you had the spark of like, you know what? thinking about doing the, the concept of show your role was one thing you had a chance to have a quick conversation like, Hey dude, real quick, this, you know, uh, I think, it, I think it would have been, Hey, I, I was very bad in school, you know, mm-hmm. since like sixth grade all the way to like going, having college courses. And I think the, I, I think the biggest thing would just would have been, man, 
go get more educated and go experience more culture, you know? And I think that's, uh, I think that's like, I've been able to do a little bit more of that in the last like three to five years. Whereas in the beginning, I think I was kind of a little bit more closed minded. You know, mm-hmm. um, I thought I, I knew everything. I thought like whatever I thought was cool and, and hip or whatever. Like I thought I, I knew culture, but like, um, I didn't have perspective or as much perspective. And I wish I would have told myself as I was younger, Hey, go like experience more things mm-hmm. and be more open to cultures and try and learn more cultures or cultural things. Um, and, um, yeah, that, that's what that's what I would tell tell myself just to go get some information and become awesome. a little bit more diverse, you know, in the mind. And is there any book, one of your favorite books that you'd like to recommend? Oh, man, there's there there's a there's a few. I don't I suck at reading, so mm-hmm. I, I listened to a, a bunch of audiobooks recently, I'm, but I'm the same, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same bad with reading. I got to listen to it. But I got um I think uh Man, the the shoe dog one I just I I just uh, listened to for, by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, was mm. was a uh, was like amazing, like just like an amazing business uh, life book. Great, easy read. Um, that one for sure was like up there. Uh, nice. I need for, to check it out too. Um, it was just it was all around a great book. Not only on business, it was just like a great life book. And I think. Uh, a pure life one for me. Cause I'm in between like business, business books are kind of cool, but then like, I really, really motivational books are kind of cool too every now and then, mm-hmm. but really like the life books are been the ones that I've been kind of like geeking out on and kind of getting like really interested in. And I think I got one as a, a gift it's called, I think it was like Tuesdays uh, with Tuesdays with Maury. Um, let me look it up. Tuesdays with Maury. Um, never heard it was uh yes it's tuesdays with maury it's basically an old man and a young man it's basically his life mm-hmm. and he kind of goes through life and he has family around him and um it just gives you like a really really good perspective on uh someone kind of just living life and living it trying to live it to its fullest without um too much interference and mm-hmm. then he gets old and then it kind of becomes like he has like a total different perspective on things. And uh, they did a bunch of like CNN articles and stuff on him and videos because like the way he lived his life mm-hmm. um, was kind of inspirational and different. I think there was something where he was like, he knew he was going to die. And then, um, and people were like, Oh no, like, um, that's that's going to be a bummer in six months or a year or whatever because you're supposed to die something of this nature i, I forget mm-hmm. but um they were like okay well you know what let's have a funeral let's have a living funeral you know and they're like a living funeral what's that you know like well the guy's just going to sit in the room and the guy that's supposed to die and everyone else is going to kind of go up and you're going to tell them how you feel you know that's a trip <laughs> as a as a as opposed to when he does die you tell him how you feel and you're super bummed out because you really didn't, he didn't hear those words that you told him, you know, and now you feel good. He feels good. And it was just one of those, Oh shit moments. Like it clicked Mm -hmm. on my head. I was like, wow, like that's like, 
that was just one of the parts of the book at, at the end, but it was one of those life books that just makes yeah, you think I, like, wow. Definitely going to check it out, dude. That sounds <laughs> awesome. And what um, are you currently excited about? What's going on that you're excited about the brand? What do you got going on? Know that uh, we're recording this in 2018, basically a week before the, the world's. So what do you got going on? What are you excited about? Um, I th- oh, man, I'm ex- I'm excited for, I'm excited for a few things. Man. I'm, I'm excited just on, on, on mental health, trying to get the mind stronger, trying to really get that, get that worked out, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just building more awareness on where I might be weak at in my mind and trying to like work on that more and more to become stronger over time and work on any issues I got, you know? mentally and um and then just spending more time with my family i think that's like uh, i'm super excited about that with the kids and stuff and um and in all honesty too i'm just like really excited to see where jujitsu is going to be in the next um 10 to 20 years you know know, i think it's it's when it's in that transition phase where i think like maybe in the next five or ten years is going to be like an interesting time for Mm -hmm. for the uh for the sport and, um, and the art and the industry, you know, and I think, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to see what it's going to look like in, in the next 10 years, you know, um, from, from what it's looked at, looked like the last 20 years, you know, so. Now to wrap it up and for the listeners to, after the interview, I'm going to spend a little time just giving, just giving my two cents, talk a little bit about the interview. So make sure you stay tuned. And I just want you, you share with them, you know, how, you can know more about the brand, about Show Your Role, and if you have any final message that you'd like to share with the listeners. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to follow the brand, um, you can follow us on Instagram at Show Your Role. We have a Facebook page. Um, we have a website, showyourroll.com. Um, the, the brand sometimes can be a little elusive at times, and you know, 80%, 90% of the time, we don't have product on the, on the website, you know, we've adopted and changed over the years to mm-hmm. try and become more available and get some uh, accessibility to, to people that want to rep and support the brand. So we're super fortunate and we're super thankful for everyone that's followed us over this period of time, even though sometimes we can be a pain in the ass brand to kind of like follow over a period of time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but really I think uh, we're, I just like to say thank you to all the people that support the brand and, we're truly humbled on, on your support and know for, know for a fact, we're not going anywhere in the next 20, 30 years. And, um, we're going to do our damn best to continue to make the best uniforms in the industry and grow the culture of jujitsu over the next 10 and 20, 30 years, you know? So, um, and awesome. And so that's what we're doing. So thank you so much Vince for your time. I know you're a busy guy, but I wanted to have you here because you have a, inspiring story and uh it's cool that you know i've been in the united states now long enough probably as long as you started the brand that's when i was arriving in the united states so it's really cool to see the transition how you know the just show you just keep evolving and growing and and being literally one of the largest companies jiu-jitsu companies in the world and part of the, you know i'm happy to be a part of as a sponsored athlete too and People don't see it, but I'm representing wearing a Show Your Roll t-shirt here. And if you have a chance, check it out, 
showyroll.com. Awesome stuff. So I'm really excited to see what Showyroll has, has to bring in the future as well. So thank you so much, Vince. No, for sure, man. Thank you for having us, Dalva. We're stoked to see all the things you're doing as well in the industry. And we've, we've known each other long enough and we've seen growth and, and changes over the last period of time. And I'm just, I'm just stoked that you're doing well and everything you're doing is growing and, and you're consistently evolving and reshaping yourself the same way we're doing each year is trying to become a better version of yourself and with your companies that you're doing too. So uh, we're, we're, it's a pleasure and honor, man, to work with you over this, these, these long years. So. Awesome. So stay tuned guys for the final thoughts. Thank you, Vince. Oos. Welcome back. Now I'd like to share some final thoughts about the interview with Vince. And he mentioned about three crucial elements to become a successful or even more successful entrepreneur. And the first element is to be passionate. The second one is to consistently sharpening your mind. If you did have a chance to listen to my episode zero, when I talk about my background and the mission of the podcast, I didn't mention about that, the importance of consistently challenge your mind. A lot of different ways to do that. But you can read in a book, listen to an audiobook or a podcast or watching a video, watching a video on YouTube or go to a convention, go to seminars. There's so many different ways to challenge your mind. If there's something, maybe a situation that you're stuck, open your mind, see different angles and whatever you feel that applies to you, use it. Whatever you don't, just put to the side, but consistently challenge your mind, consistently sharp your mind. The third one is to make sure that you do for the right reason. Of course, there are moments in your entrepreneurial journey, you got to do what you got to do. You got to grind, you got to do what you got to do. That means sometimes even working jobs that you don't want, you're not that happy with it, but that's as long as you have a goal in mind, do you know there's a, a phase that you have to go through? It is what it is. You got to do it. Now, when you get to a phase that that's all you do is that extrinsic motivation of just a reward, just the money, at one point, you're going to get tired of it. And when the hard times come, it's going to be hard to be passionate just about the money, which was the very first element that he mentioned. That's why having the balancing between the intrinsic and extrinsic motivation is huge because you, of course, yes, the extrinsic motivation that the reward, you know, everyone needs to get compensated financially for what you do and why not be compensated financially well for something that you love doing, that you enjoy, you have fulfillment, not Always you're going to be able to just, that's your first job. That's the first goal. You go for it. Yes, yeah, sometimes you might have to get another job just to, until you get to the transition. As I mentioned, one of my favorite Jim Rohn quotes, work full-time on your living, part-time in your dream. And hopefully one day your part-time dream becomes the full-time. So that's why at one point you're going to have to maybe do some stuff that, you know, you really don't I have to do some in my entrepreneurial journey until you get to the point to actually do what you love and have the balance of the intrinsic and the extrinsic motivation. Now to wrap up the final thoughts, I'd like to mention about one of the questions, one of the last questions that I asked Vince, which was, what is the best advice that you've ever received? And he mentioned about 
an advice that one of his friends, successful entrepreneur, that told him, slow down. Because as I mentioned, successful entrepreneur, that wasn't a grind, just one mode, just one speed. And at one point in his life, he decided to spend more time with his kids, but his kids were already getting older. And he was mentioning this to, to Vince. And the sad thing is that six months later, he ended up passing away with a cancer. And that event made Vince to make a lot of adjustments in his life to start to slow down because life goes by fast, man. And I totally relate with this message. About five to six years ago, I was going through a rough time personally and professionally, and I had a revelation. And this revelation came as, as a metaphor to me. I'd like to share with you. Maybe this can inspire you in some way. But I'd like you, you to think about if you were a train, what kind of train would you be? A regular train or a bullet train, which means you'd go fast or just regular and steady. Personally, when I had my revelation, I saw myself as a bullet train, just going fast, going after goals and dreams nonstop. But I realized that I was a bullet train with an irresponsible conductor, not a responsible conductor, which means I was not stopping at any of my stations. Whatever those stations mean to you, that could be the station, could be the time for yourself, time for your family, time for your health, whatever that is. Make sure that you are a responsible conductor, not an irresponsible one. Back in 2017, I had another revelation. I decided that I didn't want to be a bullet train anymore. I just want to be a regular train. Anytime I need to activate my bullet train speed, if I have something that I'm super passionate about it and I want to speed up my intensity, I can do that at any time, but I want to make sure that I'm doing that as a responsible conductor, not an irresponsible one. And that's the message that I want to leave to you is I don't care what train you're going to ride in your life. If it's a bullet train, it's going to go fast, you're going to be intense, regular train. Just make sure that you're a responsible conductor, not an irresponsible one. So you can stop at your stations and you don't have to look back and regret, oh man, I should have gone a little slower. I should have stopped to smell the roses and there's a cool phrase from ferris bueller the movie i say life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and look around once in a while you could miss it so make sure that you you go fast if you want to go to your goals and dreams yeah do that but make sure that you stop at your stations not the stations that others expect you to stop but whatever makes sense to you for your life, for your personal, professional life, for your family, for your own happiness and fulfillment. I hope you guys enjoyed. See you in the next episode. We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.